0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. This is what I want to preach to you about today for a few minutes. Before we come together, we need to be alone. Before we come together, We need to be alone. God bless you. You may be seated. This got past us this morning, so let me just throw it in. On every Sunday after service, we'll put it in the bulletin from now on so that we don't have to announce it every week. But every Sunday after service, you can go back. The food pantry has items back there that you can... Take all you want, all that you'll eat, or all that you'll share. I think they're going to start asking for a $1 donation just for record keeping, but every service you can go back there and get food. That's one of the benefits of having a pantry in your church. Blesses your people and not just the community, so please feel free to take advantage of that. Before we come together, we need to be alone. I want you to consider this thought before I preach to you about Jacob. When God created the earth and all the things on the earth, the last thing that he created was a man. He did not create Adam and Eve at the same time. And here's the reason why because before they came together, Adam needed to be alone. He needed to be alone with God so that he could develop his own relationship with God. It was just him and God, that's it. The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, probably the morning and the evening, and they conversed. And over time, and we don't know how much time, Adam and God developed a relationship by coming together but until then they had been alone after that relationship was established God said now I got a job for you Adam I want you to take care of this garden so he gave him a job Once the the relationship with Adam was established and once Adam knew what his job was and able to do his job, then and only then did God say, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helpmate for him. And he brought them together. Why did he do it that way? Because that's the way it's gotta be for each of us and God. We must first learn to be alone with God, comfortable in his presence, able to communicate with our creator and our savior. We must learn to be able to take care of ourselves as men with a job before we bring another person and a family into our relationship. There needs to be that order before we come together we need to be alone and the way that a person treats their relationship with God is the way that they will treat their relationship with a spouse I don't expect too many amens this morning concerning these things but they are foundational things for the relationships that our young people and even our single people need to know You need to develop a strong relationship with God before you bring another person into your life. You need to be able to take care of yourself and provide for yourself with a job. And when those things are in place, you are progressing in the right direction. Then you can come together. But first you need to learn to be alone. Alone is not a word we like to use very often. But today I'm gonna show you that it's very important very important. Now I brought up Jacob and what I didn't tell you is that prior to what I just read to you in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob was a deceiver. His brother's name was Esau. Esau was the older of the two boys. He had both the birthright and later he would receive the blessing of his father, which would allow him to be receive a double portion of the inheritance be the foreman of the house and be in in part of the lineage to the messiah all important things to jacob not important to esau and so jacob took advantage of the situation and got the birthright from his brother and then stole the blessing from his father when his father realized what had taken place and Esau re, uh, realized that he had no longer was able to get the blessing, he made a vow. He said, I am going to kill Jacob for taking my blessing and running. Because Jacob's mother, Rebekah said, go to Laban's house. There you'll be safe. You'll come back another time once your brother cools off, but right now he wants to kill you. Jacob left his home for perhaps the first time, didn't know his uncle, and he was alone. What would it be like the first night away from home? No longer in the safety of your parents, no longer knowing where your meals were going to come from, how you were going to take care of yourself. You're all alone and you're on the run. And there it says, he spent the night alone and he had a rock for a pillow. That doesn't sound very comfortable. But God met him in an all-night prayer meeting on the first night of his journey and he showed him what was happening spiritually. And I want you to know it's still happening today. There's a ladder between earth and heaven and angels are ascending and descending on it. Do you wanna know why? They are the messengers of God. They are the warriors of God. They are the worshipers of God. And they come to earth for specific tasks and purposes, ministering to the heirs of salvation. You may not ever see it, but it's happening. You may not ever see God, but you can feel him. You may not be aware, but this place is full of angels right now they are the amen choir they are the ones that are next to you that cause chills to go up and down your back they represent and they adhere to God's wishes for your life they are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation can I get an amen Amen. and Jacob earned this he learned this very early that, that that was the case now We live in a very noisy world. We're uncomfortable with even 10 seconds of silence. That's why I stopped just for a minute. We live in a noisy world. In our cars, we have car stereos, music boxes, Some even have the ability to watch DVDs or television. Something is always going on. There's always noise at the workplace. It's a noisy place. Our homes can become noisy places. And sometimes we just want to escape from the noise. Could we just have a moment of silence? Does somebody have to die so that we can have a moment of silence? Maybe, maybe I'm a little older. Maybe that's part of it. But you know what? I, I'm comfortable with silence. Silence is golden. <laughs> Some of you don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> but silence is a good thing. You know, my wife and I, go on a trip together, and for the first little while, you know what we say? Nothing. And we thoroughly enjoy it. No noise. Do you know when you're really comfortable with a person, you don't have to talk all the time. You're just comfortable with their presence. We live in a noisy world. Folks, we need to find a mute button. Oh, Brother Matson. I thought of this last night. I used to go to Escanaba deer hunting with the Matson family and the elder brother Matson. Brother Matson's father, the pat- uh, patriarch of the family, we would, at night we would watch television programs or the news or whatever, and he had the controls. He sat there in the best chair, the best recliner, and he had the controls. And every time a commercial came on, what did he do, Brother Matson? He hit the mute button. <laughs> I ain't watching no commercials. That's a bunch of, I don't want to hear that noise. Let's just have a little quiet. Only problem was, he was usually tired late at night, He'd hit the mute button, sometimes he'd doze off. (laughs) Now, who has enough courage to go to the elder and ask him to turn the mute button back on? Or who would dare? Hey, Cliff, go get it from your dad. I just remembered that. Hey, we need a mute button. We need to get alone, go for some walks with God. Amen. Because we live in a busy world. We also live in a, a noisy world. We live in a busy world, don't we? Oh, yeah. Do you know people that don't even have jobs are busy? They're busy. Oh, yeah. We're always rushing. We have appointments. We have calendars, we have day we have alarms that go off to remind us of our appointments. We're so busy, we could forget our next appointment if an alarm didn't go off and say, beep, 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 you have an appointment, we're busy. What are we gonna do about that? We need to make priorities. Um, I'm gonna gonna give you a secret that lots of pastors use and uh, just for the sake of making a point. You have to prioritize your life or you're going to go insane. Between the noise and the busyness and the problems of life, you will be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. That's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. He did not say, seek only the kingdom of God. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. What was he saying? Get your priorities in order. Put first things first. What is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? His priorities were mixed up. He didn't put first things first. Your marriage has to be a high priority. A high priority. And here's the illustration that I'm giving. Sometimes I'm just being honest. I'm probably getting trouble for it. But sometimes people come up and say, hey, can you do this on this particular night with me? and my answer has got to be to satisfy them, is I'm sorry, I already have an appointment. But what you don't know is that that appointment might be with my wife. And I don't need to tell you that. I just need to tell you I already have that booked. You hear what I'm saying? I don't need to say, hey, you know what? My wife and I were going out because you might say to me, well, this is really important, brother Kylie, can't your wife wait? And the answer is no. Because if I make her wait and I help you and I help you and I help you and I don't help her, what's gonna happen to my marriage? If my marriage is not a priority, if my family is not a priority, Now I'm saying, I know you have to balance these things out. I'm not not saying, well, the only thing I got time for is my wife and my family and the rest of you are on your own. I'm not saying that. But you have to prioritize your life to the things that are most important. And the things that are most important are, in my opinion, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife and my family, And we can go down the line, and you can go to jobs and friends and all these other things and playtime and all that stuff, but you got to start at the top and work your way down. And the third thing that we struggle with is we live in a problemed world. A problemed world. We have world problems, we have work problems, we have church problems. We have marriage problems, we have family problems, 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 problems. Problems are everywhere. Are you getting the point that I'm making here? That you can get so, live in such a noisy, busy, problemed world that your spirit is overcome. So what do we do with, with the problems? We go to the answer man we go to the answer man. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. First Peter chapter five and verse seven says, cast all your care on him for he cares for you. We need to go to God with our problems. That's the first place We need to go. But you say, that's hard. Yes, that's hard because you feel like you're alone. And the first thing that happens when we're overcome with problems is we want to share our problems. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. I I know you're going to be a little confused if you don't stay with me. But the Bible said that every man is to bear his own burden. That sounds like alone to me. But then a few verses later it says that we are to bear one another's burdens. That sounds like we're supposed to come together and help one another. We have to be able to distinguish what needs to be worked out with us and God alone versus what needs to be worked out with us and God and others. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Because if we only go to one another, we can leave God out of the equation when he wanted us to come to him alone and learn our dependency on him, not on us. So before we come together, we need to be alone, alone, all alone just us and God. I'm telling on myself today, and I just just feel an openness to to share these things with you. I have felt this message for a long time. I've been preaching this message since 3.30 this morning. I can't sleep, It's, it's in me to tell you that God wants you to have some, you feel like you're alone. You're never alone, never. I don't feel him. I don't hear from him. I don't see him acting in my life. I want you to take a look at this verse of scripture. First Kings chapter 19. Sometimes we can't hear, see, or feel God because we are together when we need to be alone. Now, first Kings 19 and 11 says, go forth, this is what God told the man of God to do. Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. There was a great earthquake, a great strong wind, and it tore up the mountains and break the pieces of rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in. That's the way some of you feel today. The Lord is not in. I want you to know the Lord is in. You have an appointment. This is not a doctor's office. Where everybody waits in line till the doctor is available. The Lord is in. But here it says, the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, A still, small voice. I can't emphasize this enough. Still, small voice. You can read over it and not get it. Be still. Don't be busy. Don't be noisy. It all fits here. You're going to see this come together. Be still. Don't be busy. And know that I'm God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There needs to be a stillness that can only come with aloneness. Because the voice is going to be small. You're going to have to really be paying attention. That's what the word small means. You're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to get rid of the noisy so you can hear the small. And God will speak to you in a voice. Do we recognize the voice of God? Do we know when God is speaking to us? Uh, I flip through channels and I see there's a, a program called The Voice. Never watched it, but I hear it's pretty popular. It's a, probably a, a singing presentation type program. But, but my first question when I see that is do we know the voice? The voice that really matters, the one that has the answers to my problems. Are you seeing the connections here between the noisy and the small? the still and the busy, the voice to the problems. God has an answer, folks, for everything we're going through, but we need to stop running, stop talking, start listening, get comfortable with the aloneness of God. Because one day, Every one of us is going to appear before God alone. Well, I want to bring my pastor with me. He's going to tell you what a good guy I was. I want to bring my wife with me. We had a good marriage. She'll speak on my behalf. No, you're going to stand before God alone, just you and God. That's why he says to one group of people, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There was no relationship. Well, wait a minute, I went to church, I was together with all these other people, but I wanted you to be alone. God never, wa- oh, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna step out on a limb, saw it off if you want to. God never wanted us to be religious, he wanted us to be relational. He wanted us to know his voice. He wanted to walk with us and us with him. He wanted us to know him and him us. But before we come together, we've gotta learn to be alone. 20 years after Jacob stole from Esau, thou shalt not steal. (sighs) Jacob stole from Esau, he stole the blessing he was about to meet his brother. In Genesis 32 and one, Jacob went on his way, he had left Laban's house, and the angels of the Lord met him. He was real familiar with angels. Jacob saw them, and he said, this is God's host, and he called that name of that place Mahaneem. I'm just changing it here a little bit. He called it Mayhem. Chaos, difficulty, problems, mayhem. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother under the land of Seir, the country of Eden. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob, saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban, stayed there till now. And I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and men servants and women servants, and I have sent them to tell my Lord that I might find grace in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and 400 men with him. The last thing Esau said is, I will kill Jacob. And now they are on a collision course. It is inevitable. They will meet and Esau has 400 men and all Jacob has is family and servants and wealth. And he is afraid. So, in verse 13, it says, He lodged there that same night. He took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau, his brother. This is what you will say. They be thy servants Jacob's, but it's a present sent unto my lord Esau, and behold, he's coming behind us. The first thing that Jacob did when he encountered was about to encounter his greatest fear being his brother was he offered gifts he tried to buy his way out i know you got 400 men i know you said you were gonna kill me take some of my wealth let's call it even i'm gonna fix this I'm in control, I can handle this problem. I'll buy my way out. That was his first approach. Then if you go down to the 22nd verse, it said he rose that night, he took his two wives and his two woman servants and his 11 sons and passed over the Ford j He took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over that he had. The second thing he did was he protected his family. He divided them. If he attacks one group, the other group may get away. So I'm gonna divide my family in half. I'm gonna put them in the safest place that I can. That was strategy number two. And then strategy number three is found in Genesis 32 and 24, and Jacob was left alone. If the gifts don't work, If the hiding place for my family doesn't work, I've still got one thing left to do. I'm gonna spend the night with God. It might be my last night. 400 men, we're not skilled to fight. We don't have any means of standing up to this problem. The problem is greater than I am. So I'm gonna get alone with God. good decision on his part and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day see this is another all-night prayer meeting for Jacob let me ask you this when's the last time you ever took a pillow and a blanket and came to the house of God and said I ain't leaving till I hear from God When's the last time you ever got out of your warm bed because you couldn't sleep and you were overwhelmed with worry and fear and said, I'm going downstairs to the living room. Just my blanket, my pillow, and my Bible. I'm gonna be alone with God. We're gonna get this worked out. I stood at this altar this morning. I ain't weaving here till I get an answer, God. You gotta have that willingness to be alone with God. You have to be desperate before you can have an alone experience. And there wrestled the man with him till the breaking of the day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said, this is what the angel said, let me go, the night is over. The day's about to break but Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Folks, we got to get to a point where we're no longer satisfied with just coming to church. It's got to be more than that. We got to get desperate. We got to get hungry to the point where we say, you know what, God, this is so important. You know how I received the, can I preach today? Has anybody got to leave? Go ahead. If you got to go, don't be embarrassed. Take off. But I'm going to preach this. I sought the Holy Ghost, how many months? Six, I think. Okay, five. <clears throat> That's how you get along in a marriage. <laughs> you, a- you offer, you ask, and then you agree. <laughs> five months, every service coming to the altar, kneeling down, praying, in my traditional way, get nowhere. Getting frustrated because I needed God's spirit in my life more than I wanted to live. Let me say it again, I needed God's Spirit in my life more than I wanted to live. Nothing was more important than that. That's why I came to the altar. That's why I stayed at the altar. But I was frustrated. And after a half hour or so, I'd get up and walk away until one day, a friend said to me, tonight's the night. You're gonna get the Holy Ghost tonight. Just determine that you ain't leaving until you get it. How's that for an attitude? That means there might be people that leave. You might be there all by yourself. And I got so desperate that I told my wife on that night I said, You know what? If I don't come home tonight, then you call work tomorrow and tell them I need a personal day of vacation because I'm not going through this anymore alone. I need the Holy Ghost and I'm willing to have an all night prayer meeting if it's just me and God alone till I get what I need from God. And when I felt the presence of God, I got the same attitude as Jacob. I will not let you go until I get what I need that only you can provide. When you get that kind of an attitude, you'll get what you need from God. That's what happened with Jacob. If I have to wrestle all night, all by myself, it's just you and me, God, I will not let you go, except you bless me. I I wonder if you could say that with me today, because that's the attitude I want at at this altar today when we come forward. I will not let you go, except thou bless me. See if you can say it with me. I will not let you go, except thou bless me. I'm not just going to come and put in my time and go through the motions. Something's going to change today. And it's going to change with me. And you alone. Let me tell you what this sanctuary offers, just as it offered it to Jacob. Second Chronicles 7.15, this is what God said. Mine eyes shall be open and my ears a under the prayer that is made in this place for now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name shall be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually my eyes are always on this place my ears are attentive to every prayer that's ever offered in this place God hears God sees everything that goes on at this altar because he made that promise to us. That's why the altar is so sacred to us. That's why it's so special. We need, to we need, put this up if you would, we need to find a place to kneel alone and then to stand together. But it starts with kneeling alone kneeling alone. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It is going to happen, you and God alone. Wouldn't it be better to do it on this side of glory, while you can find mercy and grace, than on the other side, where God can only offer you judgment. We need to find a place to kneel alone before we can stand together. That's why we need to be sensitive to people that come to the altar. Can I just offer you this pastor moment? I'm not real quick to go and pray with everybody and I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I'm gonna give you an explanation. Because I, I, I ask God, God, do you want me to go and pray with this person or do they just need to be alone? I come up there, they, they wanna be alone, they got some things they wanna work out with God and I come up and I put my arm around them and I start shouting in their ear, Lord, bless them, Lord, heal them, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. And they wanted to be alone. They needed a few alone moments with God. And I interrupted. And they're trying to be courteous. They don't want to be rude. They don't want to say, just leave me alone. I just want to be with God. They're they're trying to be kind and respectful. They know that your motive is pure. But they wanted to be alone. And you didn't take the time to sense that. God, do they need to be alone with you or do they need a brother to come and stand beside them and to encourage them? Maybe I'm wrong and if I am, maybe the Lord will correct me. But when I see a person kneel down, the first thing I think is just give them some time. They need to talk to God about something. The time will come for you to snuggle up next to them and to encourage them. But Give them a little time alone with God. Because before we come together, we need to be alone. Let's stand together. Proverbs 16 and 7. When a man's ways, listen to this carefully, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies, even his enemies, to be at peace with him. Jacob pleased the Lord by being alone with him. Jacob stayed until he got what he needed. And because his ways pleased God, God moved on Esau. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him his 400 men. He divided the children under Leah and under Rachel and under the two handmaids. And Esau ran to meet him. He embraced him. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. And they wept together. Leah also came with her children and bowed themselves, and Joseph came near Rachel and they bowed themselves. And this is what Esau said. What have you been doing? What do you mean by this drove which I met? Jacob said, these were to find grace in the sight of the Lord. Esau said, I don't need that. I just wanted to meet you. I just wanted to embrace you as my brother. How did that happen? It happened from an all-night, alone prayer meeting with God that allowed them to come back together because while Jacob was working alone with God, God was working alone with Esau. And God moved on Esau and when Esau saw Jacob, He ran to embrace him. How does that happen? Because when a man's ways please the Lord, God causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Jesus, today, help us to take some alone time. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast.